Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 15th of June. With over 11,500 fresh cases reported in the last 24 hours, the COVID-19 infections in India have risen to 3.32 lakhs today. The death toll in the country stands at 9,520. While nearly 1.7 lakh people have recovered from the disease, there are over 1.5 lakh active infections in the country currently. In the wake of the increasing number of coronavirus cases, the Indian Council of Medical Research or ICMR has now approved the use of antigen testing kits in containment zones and healthcare settings. The results from these tests will be out within 30 minutes and no confirmatory RT-PCR tests will be needed. Recently, the ICMR had also approved ELISA test kits for COVID-19. The ICMR has also reported that the total samples tested in the last 24 hours is 1,15,519 and so far, India has tested 57,74,133 samples. A study conducted by researchers from an operations research group that was constituted by the ICMR has announced that the peak stage of COVID-19 in India may arrive around mid-November. It also relieved that the implementation of the eight-week lockdown along with strengthened public health measures delayed the peak of the pandemic by an estimated 34 to 76 days and helped bring down the number of infections by 69 to 97%. In Delhi, which has 41,182 confirmed cases and 1,271 deaths, the Arvind Kejriwal government has ordered to set up 20,000 new beds for coronavirus patients within a week. Following the announcement of turning all nursing homes with a capacity of 10 to 49 beds into coronavirus care facilities, the Delhi government withdrew the order just a day after issuing it. The decision came amid red flags from owners of such establishments as well as apprehensions raised during the Sunday meeting between Home Minister Amit Shah and Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal. The meeting also led to a decision to ramp up coronavirus testing and start conducting 18,000 tests per day by 20th of June in Delhi. Delhi's new BJP chief Adesh Kumar Gupta also informed of Shah's approval to the party's demand to waive off 50% of charges on testing. Do listen to the latest episode of News Laundry Hafta where Anu Bhuyan, a health reporter, joined the regular Hafta gang to discuss how the Delhi government has been handling the COVID-19 crisis. While the complete episode is only available to subscribers, you can listen to the Chota Hafta which has short snippets from the episode. Maharashtra, the worst affected state, has over 1 lakh cases followed by Tamil Nadu and Delhi. The state reported a third consecutive single-day surge of more than 3,000 new coronavirus cases. With this, the state's total tally has risen to 1,07,958, taking the fatality count to 3,950 after 120 new deaths. For the first time since March 23rd, Mumbai local trains will resume their services and booking windows will now be open at select suburban railway stations in Mumbai as both Central and Western Railway will start train services. However, the services will only be available for the 1.25 lakh commuters identified by the state government as essential service workers and will not be available for the general public. Meanwhile, Maharashtra's Jalgaon district saw heavy pre-monsoon showers leading to a flooding of the ground floor of the COVID-19 hospital of Godavari Medical College, forcing its staff to shift patients to upper floors at midnight. 
The recent spurt in coronavirus cases in Uttar Pradesh is being attributed to the increased movement of people following the unlocking of the economy since June 1st. On Sunday, the total COVID-19 count in the state rose to 13,615 with the addition of 497 cases. Since the unlock phase 1 began, the state has reported 5,540 cases with an average of 5% growth in its caseload as high as Delhi and Tamil Nadu. Kerala's tally has reached 2,461 cases. The state government has issued a new advisory for short visits to the state according to which visitors will have to provide details of their local itineraries along with the purpose of visit, local accommodation and contact person. Any deviations from this will have to be informed to the authorities with valid reasons. Besides, the state has also decided to allow some exemptions which will only be applied to non-containment zones. So far, Kerala has recorded 19 deaths in total. The Telangana government has decided to cap the testing rates in private labs to 2200 rupees. The treatment charge in private hospitals has been capped to 4000 rupees per day for isolation ward, 7500 rupees per day for ICU without ventilator, and 9000 rupees per day for ICU with ventilator. To build confidence among the public, Chief Minister KCR has directed officials to conduct tests on about 50,000 people in 30 assembly constituencies within 10 days. The Chief Secretary Somesh Kumar said that the state has conducted 42,000 tests till date and has ruled out any community transmission. So far, Telangana has 4,737 confirmed cases. The Northeast too continues to record a spurt in the number of COVID-19 cases. Now, the entire region has accounted for about more than 5000 cases. Assam has the most number of cases that is 3718 followed by Tripura with 1076 cases. The surge can be traced entirely to returnees or those who have come back from their home states or other regions after the opening of interstate borders on May 17th. Now for some international updates on coronavirus. More than 7.69 million cases of COVID-19 have been reported worldwide with at least 428,000 deaths. The United States continues to be the worst affected country with 2.14 million cases, followed by Brazil with 868,000 cases and Russia with 537,000 cases. Leading infectious disease experts in the US are warning that the coronavirus will be making life difficult for the foreseeable future. In New York and Texas, there has been frustration as people flout restrictions related to the virus. And as strict social distancing wanes, some leaders in New York and Texas are threatening renewed lockdowns in an effort to get people to take the persistent threat of the virus seriously. On Sunday, Governor Andrew M. Cuomo of New York said that the state had been deluged with some 25,000 complaints about businesses that were in violation of the reopening plan. Meanwhile, the American president Donald Trump is scheduled to hold a rally on June 20th, which experts warn could prove to be extremely dangerous amid the coronavirus pandemic. China appeared to have largely brought the coronavirus under control, but on Sunday, officials reported 57 new confirmed infections, the country's highest single-day total in 2 months. Of the 38 locally transmitted cases, 36 were in Beijing where the authorities are conducting mass testing at a vast seafood and produce market with 10,000 workers which appears to be the main source of the new outbreak. 
Beijing had gone eight weeks without a single locally transmitted case until a total of seven were detected on Thursday and Friday. In Brazil, President Bolsonaro has startled the medical community with his claim of a miracle drug, hydroxychloroquine. Brazil has recorded more fatalities than any other country except the United States and its daily death toll is now the world's highest. Russia has reported 8,246 new cases of the novel coronavirus today, taking the nationwide tally of the infections to 537,210. The country's Coronavirus Crisis Response Centre said 143 people had died from the virus in the last 24 hours, taking the country's death toll to 7,091. Afghanistan's health system, largely dependent on foreign aid, is being overwhelmed by the pandemic. The official numbers are seen as an indication of a looming catastrophe amid a war with Taliban. The health ministry said on Sunday that about 55% of the roughly 1,200 coronavirus tests conducted in the last 24 hours have been positive. This brings the official number of cases in the country to 25,000. Meanwhile, the reported death toll in the country stands just below 500. The rising desperation of Afghanis was recently made clear in the rush to a Kabul herbal clinic that was offering a vaccine. Tests found that the vaccine, in the form of drops, contained several types of opiates. Opium, morphine, papaverine and codeine, all mixed with herbs. Now for some non-coronavirus news. If you've been a regular listener of Daily Dose, then you will know that we have been consistently talking about press freedom, not just in India, but around the world. Just yesterday, we were talking about multiple cases of violation of press freedom that have been reported in India during this pandemic. Today, another instance of the attack on the freedom of media has been reported from Philippines. One of the country's most important and fearless journalists, Maria Ressa, is facing up to six years in prison after she was found guilty of cyber libel charges today. Justice Reynelda Estacio Montesa announced the verdict in a Manila court with a small number of attendees owing to the pandemic. Ressa is the editor of Rappler, one of the country's most influential news websites. Ressa and former researcher and writer Ronaldo Santos Jr. were accused of cyber libel in 2017. Both are entitled to post-conviction bail and can appeal the verdict. They have been ordered to pay $3,978 in moral damages and the same amount in exemplary damages. It is important to note that the cyber libel law under which she and Santos are being prosecuted came into force in September 2012, four months after Rappler published the article. The article in question is an eight-year-old Rappler story that alleged that businessman Wilfredo King had links to illegal drugs and human trafficking. It also said that he lent his car to a top judge. Prosecutors, however, said that a correction to the story made in 2014 to fix a typo meant that the article was republished after the law had come into effect. Ressa said after the verdict, and I quote, Our justice system was on trial today. And it just joined the kind of messaging that was pushed out on social media in 2016 when Mr. Duterte was elected. Journalist equals criminal. Unquote. The mission of Rappler, Ressa added, would remain the same. She said, and I quote again, We're at the precipice. If we fall over, we're no longer a democracy. Unquote. Amal Clooney, a barrister at the Doughty Street Chambers in London, who leads a team of international lawyers representing Ressa, said the court had become complicit in a sinister action to silence a journalist for exposing corruption and abuse. 
The cyber libel case is just one of a series of legal charges against Ressa and Rappler, which has scrutinized the administration of President Rodrigo Duterte, exposing extrajudicial killings and abuses. The various allegations made against Ressa, which mostly relate to claims about the news site's finances, could lead up to about 100 years in prison. Duterte, not surprisingly, has denied that the case is politically motivated and has dismissed Rappler as fake news. Media freedom in the Philippines has drastically fallen under Duterte, who stated in 2006, and I quote, Just because you're a journalist, you are not exempted from assassination. Unquote. We are proud to tell you that Maria Ressa was one of the speakers during the second edition of News Laundry's Media Rumble. The Rappler founder spoke to the political editor of Caravan, Hartosh Singh Bal, on press freedom, taking on the Duterte government and speaking truth to power. Type Maria Ressa Media Rumble on YouTube to find the video. The country now ranks 136th out of 180 countries on the World Press Freedom Index. In case you're thinking India is doing any better, let me remind you, India slipped two points this year to score 142. So dear listeners, as citizens, it is time for you to step in to execute your duties and rights. Support independent media organizations. Support people who tell you the truth. Because telling the truth, as you can see, is an expensive affair. And this is exactly why News Laundry was born. We are an independent media organization that is 100% free of advertisements. We realize that as long as there are advertisers and sponsors in the middle, media cannot be truly free. Subscribe to us and subscribe to other independent media outlets. The best way to show that you care is by helping small organizations like us survive in this world dominated by big media. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.